We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. I'm Nechami, founder of Defiance Beauty by Nechami, a natural, high-performance beauty brand that is dedicated to celebrating diversity, empowerment, and inclusivity in the world of beauty. This podcast supports our mission of giving a voice and visibility to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect all of us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I am so excited for you to hear this episode featuring Jewish country singer-songwriter Tehila Erlich, who shares her journey on how she got started as a child and how her singing contributed to her self-confidence and growth. She spoke about her inspiration for her songs, how songwriting is therapeutic for her, and the vulnerability aspect of releasing her music, which is pretty much her diary with the world. Tila shared advice for other moms on how to help their children grow their confidence through creative outlets, just like her mom had the wisdom to do for her as a child. She also spoke about her process of getting the sounds she was looking for, finding the right talent to help her get there, and just enjoying the journey. We covered so much in this episode. I can't wait for you to hear Tila's story and be inspired. I grew up in Brooklyn. I have three sisters and we grew up singing with Malki Ginninger. We were one of her first students when she started the Rutzman program, like way back when I think it was in fifth grade when I started taking lessons. Well, first I was in third grade when we joined her choir. She was still Malki Taub at that point. I don't know if you guys remember, this was like a really long time ago. She was Malki Taub. She ran a choir and we did some concerts in, um, I think we opened for Kinaret um in Brooklyn College and we were so excited it was such a big deal and then she started giving voice lessons which is when she had a lot more students because she made her own program and in fifth grade I started taking actual voice lessons by her and me and my sisters used to go every single week we loved it and um my maiden name is Rand we used to sing together as the Rant Sisters, and it was just very cute. It was a really enjoyable outlet, and it was just really so important to like to my self esteem. Um, and we just that was a huge part of my childhood singing, singing with my sisters, and then just sing like I've always sang in the choirs, and it was just always um, such an outlet for me. I just I loved it. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's so funny because we started talking before and I mentioned that I used to listen to you singing with Malki, also Malki Tao, by the way. I used to listen to her when she was still Tao. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what happened. It's funny because my mom actually, I must have been eight and she was caught, she had just gotten married. Like literally she was, I think, a, I'm pretty sure it was like a few weeks into her marriage, like right, like her first concert. She came to Detroit yeah. and my mom was like, I'm going to take, this is a, a treat for you. We're, we're going to a concert <laughs> for women only. <laughs> And that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like back then, um, there was Malki and there was Kinara, and then there was like nobody, like like it was the two of them. They were like the Jewish singers, and it was so nice to even just have them because I feel like, like, it was always so needed. Now it's so nice that there's so many more people. Also, like, I truly think, by the way, that Malki, like for me at least, Malki inspired 
so much of this, like a lot of my stage presence or whatever, like any tricks that I use or things that I tell myself, a lot of it I learned from Maki. Like I give her a ton of credit for a, for tons of my music things right now. Like just even the little like things that I remind myself on stage. Okay, like you messed up. So it's fine. Nobody notices. Just keep going. Like they'll only notice if you bring attention to it. Like if you're singing and then you go, you make a face on stage like, oh my God, I messed up. Or like you stop singing because you messed up. Like, no, just keep going because nobody notices and you're just going to remind them if you show them that. Or even just like things with having my own studio that she showed me um, with voice loss and just with everything. She really was such an inspiration. I mean, is, sorry. She really is such an inspiration for for me at least. And yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're not the only one because she was one of the OGs. Yeah, she was the OG. Mm-hmm. She is the, she's the OG. She is the OG. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned how it was an outlet for you. Was it something that like your parents saw that you could use an outlet or did it just happen? Like, how did you get into singing in the first place? So it actually happened when I was, I had a solo in my Hanukkah play in third grade. Yeah, I was in third grade. And for some reason, out of the blue, I just went over to my teacher and I said, can I have a solo? It, like, I never even sang around the house, I don't even think. And I start, and my mother said that I started singing on stage and she was like, oh my goodness. Like, and like a few people around are like, oh my gosh, this girl could sing. Like, and then she was like, oh my goodness, let's, let's sign you up for, for voice lessons, for the choir, for everything. And then my other sisters kind of joined along. And yeah, that's, that was one of my, my mom really started, like, I think she knew that I could sing, but then when she heard me on a big, like in a room full of people, um, she was really able to see that I really loved it. And she decided to push it farther and make it a real part of my life. So wow. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And how did, did your sisters get involved? Was it because you were kind of like the trailblazer and then they just followed? Um, I actually, it was so long ago that I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but I think it was, I think she signed a few of us up at the same time. Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that part. It was so long ago. I was just curious. Like third grade. Yeah. Right, right. For sure. <laughs> That's so I love when parents so take the initiative and they're like, okay, my daughter has a talent. So let's utilize this and, and give her a creative outlet because it, yeah. it's so, it's so important. And we spoke a little bit about this as well, but I'd love for you to, to talk about the fact that it was very much needed in your life, that creative outlet. Oh, a thousand percent. Because when I was 11, 12 years old, I had a very heavy stutter and I could barely make it through my bat mitzvah speech. And it was a quite a struggle for a while, but the greatest thing was is that when I opened my mouth to sing, the stutter would completely go away. So that was pretty cool. So that was also like really healing for my stutter because I just I still knew that I I had what I loved. Um, I think stuttering and singing is ran from a different part of the brain, but I just remember that being really just so nice that I still had the singing come out even though speaking was was pretty challenging for a while in school I remember marks were like the ultimate praise you can get as a kid is that you have good marks 
work hard in school, you're good with, with reports and everything. And I didn't necessarily thrive in that area. I wasn't, I wasn't a straight A student. I, sometimes I failed things and that part I was like lacking in a little bit of confidence. I, I, like, I didn't feel so confident that I was like the smartest. And when my mother signed me up for singing, it gave me a real confidence boost and showed me that it's not all about the marks and that there's other ways to shine in life. Studying and all that stuff is important, obviously, but but where I truly got so much joy and fulfillment and shining in life was like as a kid was was really singing. And I owe it all to my mom because she saw that and she drove us every week to voice lessons. She's the the foundation of all this. She was amazing. So thank you, Ima. I love that. <laughs> it's so interesting. Was it was it conscious or subconscious the fact that it was giving you this confidence it was like do you think you were aware of it when you were in third fourth grade or it just happened I think it became more conscious once I really put my time and energy towards it you know like the more I dabbled into it the more I learned that I can do or this harmony and that harmony I'm like oh I could actually make up harmonies like whoa like each little step gave me a little bit more confidence like oh my goodness whoa you could like sing on stage um and like control the mic or whatever it is like these little details all kind of slowly built up that conscious and then that's so cool yeah like it became like something that I really really recognized that like Bar Hashem was a gift and I was um thriving with it and yeah so it definitely became conscious love it did you ever think that you would become a singer like use it as a career part-time career in the future um I did in in 12th grade monkey actually trained me in to give voice lessons and I was like I want to do this like to give over that gift was so special so I knew that I wanted a to give voice lessons um, and to sing and share the gift of music. Yeah, I kind of always knew that this would be like a real big part of my life. Wow. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, but it's been fairly recent that you actually went like full force with it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, until I would say two and a half years ago, So I moved to Chicago um, 15 years ago. I got married, moved to Chicago. And I started voice lessons right away there. So music was always a part of my life. And like I would write songs. And once a year, we would do a concert with all my students. So um, it definitely was a big part of my life for so long. But I only took it farther, like more publicly around two and a half years ago. I would say around like five or six years ago, I decided to just delete Instagram off my phone because it was just such a time waster. And (laughs) I forgot my password to go back on one day. And I was just like, forget it. I have no patience anyway. I'm just gonna, whatever. And then I kind of forgot about it (laughs) for like four years. And I would say two years into that, I was starting to feel like I, I, I did want to get my music out there, um, even put it on streaming pl- platforms, but it wasn't something that was so done. Like it wasn't, 
as accepted, I guess, for for girls to put themselves out there on Instagram and share singing, share their music with a further audience than like, let's say a live concert or something like that. And anytime I felt like I was like that, my music was limited to, to only like in my kitchen or once a year doing that performance with my girls. I was talking to my friend once and she was saying, why don't you start singing on Instagram? I was like, what do you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? She was like, there's other girls who are, who have been like thriving and singing and doing this for, for a while already. Like you should totally do it. Also, like you love music, you love writing songs. You should share more with the world. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I, I took a look on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, like you're so right. Maybe I should um, put it out there more. Like this is such a good outlet. And I don't think I would have had the confidence to really do it on my own. The only way that I really had confidence to put myself out there was seeing that other Jewish girls were doing it first. I didn't have um, the confidence to kind of just like start something on my own. And then when I saw these other girls were doing it, it gave me the push and the confidence to just say, okay, go for it. So I decided to find my password again. I reset it. I was like, okay, I'm going to use this for music. I'm going to come back. And I decided to record a cover of Halif Shelley um, by Yishai Rebo. And I went to the studio, recorded it. And it was taking me a while to, to put it out because I was just like a little bit nervous. And I had it all set already. Like the video was made the vocals were done, everything was ready to go. And I just kept pushing it off. I was just like so nervous. So my friend kept on asking me like, when are you putting it out? I was like, I don't know, soon, whatever. We'll see. She was like, why do you keep pushing it off? Like God gave you a gift and you need to use it. You have no business not using your gift. Like, like you're doing a, um, um, a disservice to you and to God, like put it, put the song out already. It's all ready. So that gave me the pressure. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then I clicked upload and thank God it was received really, really beautifully by, by all the women on Instagram. It was really just such a beautiful, warm welcome to the music scene. And like people started sharing it and I was like, whoa, like what is happening? I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just share this little music thing and whatever, it'll be nice. And like, it ended up really going far. And I was like, blown away by the amount of support and and the acceptance of the song and then it just it just kept me going with more and more songs and it was just really I was really happy that that I came onto Instagram because connecting with people through music is really just such a special gift and when whenever anybody messages me saying oh my gosh, your song really spoke to me. I was going through a really hard time. I, it's actually really humbling because it's like, wow, like Hashem gave me this gift to speak to people through music. And I'm just really appreciative of it. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's so amazing how music is literally the language of the soul on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't speak the language, you could just listen to a song and feel it like in yeah. your body and feel yeah. that connection. It's a, such a beautiful thing that we have. 
yeah, like when when words don't connect, music can connect way more. When we can't connect through words, music music does. So, yeah. Do you ever almost give yourself therapy through writing music? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Like when I wrote a song for my grandfather, um, he he actually suffered from Alzheimer's for the last 10 years of his life. And it was really hard watching him go through that. And then he, and then after he passed away, we, of course we mourned him and, um, and the amazing person that he was. But after I started writing this song, it almost like took all of those thoughts and feelings that were buried deep inside. And it, I can't explain it. it. It really healed all of my, like I had pain there that I didn't even realize that was there. And as I'm writing and all these thoughts and feelings are coming out, it really, really felt so, so therapeutic. And almost, it felt like, almost like not closure, but um, it it solidified a bunch of the feelings that I was having that I couldn't, I couldn't quite materialize those feelings. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but as as I, so. I sat down to write it, it was very very healing, and I think it was very healing uh, healing for my family also, because I think we all kind of felt the same way. Like we mourned and we spoke about how incredible he was, but there's just something about music and writing that really just takes your feelings to the next level it really is the language of the soul it really is yeah and also so many people could um could relate to that feeling of losing a loved one to this horrible disease yeah. I mean I know I could my grandfather actually it's interesting because you said like it was also like a 10-year decline and it was Alzheimer's and wow yeah so I always like to say that even though it sounds like it's the same story it's still very different because how right. we process and the, the people that we're connected to, everyone's very different. But at the end of the day, um, that feeling of losing a loved one slowly, physically, mentally, it's just, it's very obvious. It, it's something that like in your song, yeah. I listen to your song, it's beautiful. And and it, it's like, Thank it's you. healing to listen to it as well because right. it's relatable. It's, it's, it's very hard to watch a loved one go through this. Like, Somebody actually said to me, she was like, you know what this song did? She was like, when a grandparent passes away, whether it be from Alzheimer's or whatnot, um, when somebody is, when a grandparent is older, it doesn't hit people as much of like a tragedy. It's very sad. People say, oh my gosh, it's so sad. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's definitely heartbreaking and so sad. But she was like, when people say, oh my goodness, that's, that's so sad about your grandmother or your grandfather. She, she was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That was my Bubby. That was like a tragedy to me. Like yeah. people get so used to like when, when grandparents get older, like it's like, it's, it's a natural part of life. Right. But it's, it's also, she said that just brought out for her, like, oh my goodness. No, you don't understand what he was like for what my grandmother was like. That was my Bubby. Like she's getting all excited to just to recap all the details about her loved one that she lost. Um, so I was, 
I was really touched at how much the song connected to people. Because at the end of the day, we all experience loss and um, and the fact that music and writing just connected to so many people who had a similar experience was was very beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I want to actually ask you, I want to go back for a minute about something that you mentioned. You were so nervous to release the song, your first song. So first of all, do you feel the same way every time you release a song? Or was it just like that first time? I would say to an extent. The first time was definitely much more nerve-wracking because I, I never really sang so publicly. Like we've done things in my city, but as far as like a farther audience or even just like girls that I knew, but like they knew that I sang, but they never really heard me sing professionally and like a recording or something like that. Like it was almost like, um, I guess, like it was very vulnerable because it was a part of myself that I never really opened up to a lot of people. Like they, obviously they knew I sang, but they, they, they never really heard so much detail to it. Yeah. So that was definitely the scariest jump. Um, the next scariest jump was when I wrote an original. That's always scary because you're really, um, again, it's very vulnerable. So I would say any cover songs after that, I was, there's always like butterflies and nerves before putting out a song, but there's different categories. Like the first time that you put yourself out there and then you do more covers and you kind of like, there's those little flutters and then you kind of get used to it. But then before, I would say before releasing any original song now, it's that same, take a deep breath. Like all your feelings are about to just be sent out to the world. Right. (laughs) So it's like bearing your soul. Right, right. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. So that's so that's like the root of the nerves then because you are bearing your soul to the world. Right, right. And especially like a lot of my songs are very literal. So literal as in like, I write about my literal feelings. Like I'm not necessarily writing about a specific um, general topic. It's more like, like I'm writing from the depths of my soul, like asking my, asking my grandfather, like, can you see me? Like, like just things that like are almost like, it's almost like a child validation seeking when I'm asking my grandfather, like, do you know, I've got four kids. Do you know, like I joined the right. music business. Like, do you know, like I'm, I'm, right. I'm telling him things like, oh my gosh, like, look at, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Yeah. It's like, know, I'm getting <laughs> like, like, look where I'm at. Like, look what's going on. Like, are you proud? Like, I want you to see, like, are you proud from where you're sitting? Do you see me? And that's really vulnerable. <laughs> so writing that from the depths of my soul was definitely scary to put out. Um, but definitely very, very rewarding because I'm saying we're all human. We all have our, our vulnerable moments and we're all more alike than we think. So yes. It was a gift to be vulnerable because other people have those same feelings deep inside and they want their loved ones to see where they're at now and they want and they want them to be proud of them. So I'd say being vulnerable is always is is mostly received well usually because we really all connect on that level, whether we show the vulnerability or not. We're all human. So 
we're all much more alike than we think. Yes. I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Tila. And um, I love we're both like getting all emotional on this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. It's great. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that, you know, elaborating a little bit on what you're saying, I think that vulnerability and being so like bearing your soul is something that people connect to because everyone is vulnerable, whether we showcase that or not to the world. So that's a huge aspect of connecting of I see you and you see me, you know? Right. Yeah. It's always scary, you know, opening up about your feelings and, but we all, we all go through the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's, it's connection wise, it, it definitely pays off because you're giving a gift to the world by, by being vulnerable and by showing your true feelings. So that's what I've learned, at least on this road, yeah, you know, for sure. because when I was able to open myself up through music, other people messaged me like about those feelings that they were also having. And yeah, it's just spread, like being vulnerable adds to the gift of music. Let's just put it that way. For sure. For sure. Has it also helps like validate your own feelings about like different circumstances when you have put out music regarding whatever situation you've written about? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, for sure. Not only does it validate it, it just, when you could bring your feelings to life, it's, it's very healing. And then you could kind of like, I wouldn't say move on, but it's, it's therapy. It's a form of therapy. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. How does your music and putting yourself out there in this very vulnerable way, like impact or affect your family? And I'm sure there are a lot of positive aspects. I'm not like, I don't want you to like, you know, well, I'm not looking for like dirty laundry. <laughs> We're just gonna Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious to hear about that. My husband is, thank God, Mr. Cheerleader. He is so supportive. I'm so thankful for that. He's, he, like every time I put out a song, he's like showing his family. He's like, oh my goodness, did you guys see? She put another song. And he came, he was so cute. He came with me to Nashville to film my first music video. First, I was going to go by myself because I wasn't going to like, like tell him like, oh, miss work or whatever. Cause like already I was leaving for, for two days, you know? And he was like, wait, he was like, I want to come with you. I'm like, oh my God, I was so happy that he wanted to join me on this experience. So he was like, okay, great. I'm booking tickets. And he came with me to set and he was taking tons of pictures of the behind the scenes. And he was just such a cheerleader. He is such a cheerleader. And I'm very, very, very thankful for that. My kids are so excited every time I put out a song. Um, They play on their 24-6. And they're, they're so cute. And um, this morning, my two-year-old was playing the 21st and she was like, that's my mommy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was melting. It was so, so sweet. I mean, when I'm at home and I'm just singing, just for the heck of it, my kids would be like, Sha, mommy, you don't have to sing every second. But as far <laughs> as like my actual music that I put out there, like the full project, they're, they're very... Um, they're very cute. They they like to play it a lot. <laughs> I love that. That's so adorable. yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem, it's they're very supportive. That's yeah. I love that. Does your husband sing also? 
he has a good voice, but he doesn't really care for like voice training. Right. So like he sounds nice at the Shabbos table and he could carry a tune. He sings powerful. And like sometimes we'll do harmony at the Shabbos table. But as far as like doing professionally, he would never. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because your kids have such great voices. I heard because you were sharing on Instagram, like that post fire thing. Oh, so my I was wondering gosh, if yeah. from both parents, but <laughs> um it could be they get it from him also. Like he's he's good with tunes and everything like that, with holding a key. My son actually, yeah, he um I signed him up for the school choir and I could already see a difference in his in his confidence. Like he has something that he loves. So there's no greater feeling than that than seeing that your child is is getting so much joy from something. So yeah, he loves it. I would love for you to elaborate on that in regards to and like offer advice for for people because you went through this yourself as a kid. You know, you saw yeah. that it was really great for your confidence and your son is, you know, in his own way, um, it's, it's contributing to his confidence. Could you give advice from as a regular, like non-professional, we're not talking about it from a therapy perspective, just as a mom and someone who experienced it themselves to other moms, like how to help their and like why it's so important for children to have their own creative outlets? So that's actually a very good question. I would say if you see that your child is good at something, giving them the opportunity to express that and build on that. Because, you know, like sometimes it's 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 hard for kids. Like school is hard. School is very, it's it's long hours of the day. It's It's their whole entire day. And kids really need outlets they really need to be able to 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 express the gifts that they're good at. So I guess if you see that your kid really loves to sing and there's an opportunity for them to to expand on that, then go for it. Do whatever um extracurricular lessons, saying whether it be even just ice skating, things that they enjoy doing. Um it just makes them feel like like they like they're valuable, you know, like, like the fact that I was able to excel at something when I was younger and, um, it just built up my confidence majorly. So if you see that your kid has a talent, then I would say just go for it. Anything that they love to do with my other daughter doesn't really love to sing, but she, she loves, she expressed interest in in sewing. So like the fact that she has something that like she knows she's good at and like I see her eyes light up like every time she's like about to go into sewing lessons, it just warms my heart. So, you know, anything that that can give them a sense of purpose. Like I found that that it gives my son a sense of purpose when he's like the minute I signed him off for choir, this was actually pretty recently and I saw a big change in his confidence. So whatever gives them a sense of purpose, then go for it. Yeah, I love that. It's so important to really value things other than just like academics and school. Like we're not putting academics down or anything, obviously, but right. there are outlets that are just as valuable for and, you know, for real life, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah, and- of course. I think it should definitely be... Um, more incorporated in school. <laughs> yes, my real opinion. I would love for like to see a lot of 
things that we could use after school being taught to kids. But yeah, that's a side, a side issue. I liked where you were going with that. I don't think it's actually like a side issue, to be honest. I think that it's a real issue. And right. I, I liked what you were saying. So like a huge part of our brand is about feeling, helping women who feel invisible, feel more visible. Because like you said before, that we're, we all come from, no, no matter where we come from, our ethnicity, our age, our stage in life, at the end of the day, like we're all so similar on a soul level. And that's a huge part of our brand. And it's helping women who may have felt invisible in the past feel more visible. And I think part of that is with children, especially in their formative years, it could get very, um, you know, these, our, our formative years really affect the way that our self-esteem and the way that we uh, see ourselves as adults. And I think that if we incorporated more creative outlets within the school system, it would help a lot of children feel more visible, feel more seen and understood, you know? Yeah, I agree. Cause like, I also see so many girls, like they have so many different, um, passions that kind of come out after they leave school, whether it be, um, if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a makeup artist, a clothing designer, all these different things that are not necessarily taught in schools, right? Like it's a passion. When you're younger, like it doesn't really feel like you could actually do that when you're older. So it seems like like a little box almost. Like, oh, I could only be something if I go to college. I'm not bashing college. But yeah, it definitely knocked me down a little bit when I saw that I was not going to do well if I go to college. <laughs> So I just, I rolled out college, but like the fact that there was so, it was overwhelming emphasis on only college, like, like that's the only way to go is through college. It was like, oh, wow. So wait, where do I, where do I go from here? Like, can I actually make something of something that I love? Can I actually make a living out of a passion? Like, who knows, you know? So I definitely think they're, they're, there should be a little bit more emphasis on following your passion, especially if you could make a living out of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. The ADHD in this room is real. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, it's a, I'm telling you, it's a creative thing. It's a, you know what I mean? It's creative to have this problem. Oh my gosh. Totally. My brain is everywhere it's everywhere yeah. and that might not serve you in school but if there is something that you're really knowledgeable about then I mean I guess ADHD could take you really far <laughs> because like like I feel like I work in organized chaos almost half the time you know like a lot of my songs will come to me at 1am or on a Friday night after all the kids are sleeping and my husband goes up to bed and I'm like cleaning up after the meal or whatever. And all of a sudden the creative clicks at the most random times. And I can't even write it down on Chavez. So I'm sitting there singing it like 30 million times over. Happens to be Friday night, in my opinion, is like the best time for me to write because there's no distractions. There's no technology. Uh, there's no phones. There's no, there's, I'm saying there's nothing and everyone's sleeping and it's quiet. And you're just, you're actually sitting, letting your thoughts breathe. So all of a sudden they breathe and then one line pops out and you're like, oh, oh my goodness. I'll sing that over and over again because you can't write it down. Um, actually, Through the Clouds was written all on Chavez. 
The whole oh, wow. song was written on Shabbos. Yeah. Three Friday nights. It was written over three weeks. How do you remember them though? I sang it over and over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> Literally just a million times. And then I barely sleep that night because I'm like, what if I forget? What if I forget? What if I forget? And then I just pray to God that the next morning I can remember it. And then the second Shabbos is over, I, um, I record a voice note. And then usually it's like a half a song that will come up because it's, it's not always so easy to put it to to put a song all in one night sometimes the inspiration has to flow like ideas have to stem the next week like it has to like build on each other it depends on the song really um but yeah it all came on friday night so you never know where the inspiration is going to come from so sometimes like having a brain that's a little all over the place is you know not so bad (laughs) <laughs> how do you by the way speaking of inspiration like where does your inspiration come from on a I guess the more tangible level like not in because now we're talking more when you're relaxed and like you're in this state of relaxation but how about like is it the stories that happen to you people in your life like where does it come from so each yeah each song has a different story behind it so um one song that I was singing about that I wrote um about having faith in God, I'll usually pull in things that I see and that that stay with me. Like, for example, like one of the stories I wrote in Worth It was about a couple that has to run from a bomb shelter in Israel um, and how seeing that everybody hates us is like it can make you lose faith. So something like that, like seeing real life events, like the missiles coming down in Israel and people having to run to bomb shelters or like things that I just see um, and that has an impact on me, that's what goes into the song. So it could be anything. This next song that I'm writing um, is called Dear God. It's, I I did not expect to write a song about, I was actually working on a different song, but right after October 7th, after the horrific, awful attack on Israel, um, we were all shattered and broken. And at that moment, I, I I kept saying, like, the main line of the song is, how will we ever come back from this? That was the, the first line that came to my head after hearing report after report, news after news, just reading just the most awful things. I'm saying we all read it. We all know how awful it was. Um, but in my head, this the I can just kept asking myself and asking God, like, how are we ever going to come back from this? Like, will we ever? Like, I don't know. So all of a sudden, it just kind of morphed into a song. Um, so the main line of that song is, how will we ever come back from this? Israel, your heart's been brutal, uh, brutally ripped out. So that was the inspiration for for that song. Like each, I kind of just write about things that I see. Yeah. Or things that I experience. So it could be anything. You could really turn, you could turn anything into a song. Yeah. It's almost like a journal, it sounds like, you know? Yeah. It's like a diary. It really is. Yeah. It's just writing my feelings as I see them. And then also it's like wandering thoughts, especially with country music. It could really be anything like the way that I write kind of became um, in the country genre, just because whenever I would write anything, it would have just come out that way because Mm -hmm. I, I really, really love country music. I'm a diehard country fan. And, um, 
and I started seeing like, oh my goodness, like why don't we have Jewish country music? Like there's so much um, faith and uh, sorry, um, there's so much, there's so much to write about. Um, and country music is very, it's very literal. I feel like with country music, anything just goes. So you yeah. can write your feeling and then you could just write a wandering thought that's just like sitting in your head. You can mix it all in one song. There's almost like no rhyme or reason to it. Like you can't even explain it. It just, it just all goes into one song. And then I'm saying with the right setup, it just, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, I feel like a lot of country music is very, it's just very literal very yeah. simple. A lot of country music is very simple. So the way that I write, a lot of it is just, it's, it's just simple. You know, I started thinking I would just love to bring the country genre into the Jewish world. Like I, I've seen here and there a little bit, but I haven't seen like the crossover, like of country and a little bit of um, country pop almost. Yes. Cause that's what right. country music is these days. It's not really the old school country with like cows and, right. you know, um, yeah. So a lot of it morphed into country pop. So um, I really wanted to make that. Oh, um, that was also a little bit scary because it was like a new niche almost. Yes. That yeah. was never really, I, um, I'm saying, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't no, really I think you're right. I was Jewish thinking music. that. Right. Um, right. So I decided to, like I wanted that authentic country sound. So I started ripping apart Instagram, trying to find producers, like country producers that would um, make this sound for me. Cause it's like specific instruments, like the banjo, um, pedal steel guitar, the mandolin. Like there's just some instruments that is within the, the country sound. So when I decided that I was looking for that specific sound, um, I reached out to a bunch of producers in Nashville, and then I reached out to, to a few um, producers that I knew, um, and for some reason, it just wasn't working out, whether it was within budgeting or whatever, and a lot of the people who I reached out to in Nashville, they just, they didn't know me, so they just, they didn't answer, and it was just like, it felt like a real uphill battle to really find the correct sound I was looking for and I remember just thinking like god just please send me somebody that can just get this sound down pat for me because if I really want to write country music for me like at least it had to sound authentically country you know so I was like okay like we'll find someone it's 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 going to work out it's going to work out and then like two weeks later, one of the producers answered me from Nashville and I was like, oh my goodness. I actually saw on his page that he, he produced like music for like, for Keith Urban and like all these oh, wow. big people. And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so honored that you're actually answering me. Like this random, like mom from Chicago. He was <laughs> like, totally send over your stuff. No problem. I was like, oh my gosh. So I sent over my stuff. And, um, I remember, oh, I remember taking a picture. Okay. This is also a little bit of like a vulnerable moment, but I remember like the, 
the journey to find somebody who would really, because in music, like detail really matters. So when it got really, when the journey felt so long to find somebody, um, I remember one night I was just like sitting there, like after one of the other producers didn't work out. And I was just like, I really had tears in my eyes. I was very, I was very knocked down. I was like, yeah, I was very, very frustrated. And I was like, Kate T, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a picture of yourself right now in this really sad state where you're feeling like hopeless, almost like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get the right sound or the right music. And when you're, when this works out for you, you're going to look back at this picture and you're going to say, see, I told you it was going to work out. It's going to be okay. And I took a picture of myself all, you know, all over the place. And I went back to that picture after, after this worked out and I was like, see, I told you it was all going to work out. And not only did it work out, you got like really, really talented musicians making your stuff who live in the heart of music city. Like he told me that, um, that one of the guitar players, um, that one of the guitar players that was playing on my tracks was actually, um, I don't know if you follow any country music, but, um, do you know who Morgan Wallen is? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, his guitar player who like, I asked him for the list of names for credit for all the instrument players. And one of the guys was Morgan Wallen's guitar player. Like, and he like goes on tour with him and everything and records all his records. And, and, and that record went pretty, you know, I think it went platinum or something. So I was like, ah. oh my gosh, I was like, so I couldn't believe that, that God gave me all these amazing resources of like really, really talented, solid musicians who really like are just amazing at what they do. And they're, they're, they're amazing at their genre. Like they, they're like, like they're killing it. And I can't believe I have them playing on my track. Like, so I keep going back to that picture and I'm like, see, I told you God was going to give you something good, not just something good, something blow out of the water, incredible. And just next time you're freaking out, just know that like time will pass and it's all going to be good. Yeah. That's such a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully next time, like it's, it's going to work out, you know? So, yes. so that was really incredible. Yeah. It's such a great lesson for things. Yeah. It's, it, that is really incredible. It's such a great lesson in life for when we try new things and it's really challenging and it's really difficult and we almost want to give up and then we continue to persevere and then come out the other side because I was going to say it's always going to work out, but it's, it's always going to work out. Not, not all, not always in the way that but we also, want it to. But also if you gave it your all, then you also know you have more knowledge. If you gave it your all, you can truly tell yourself, okay, you really did every single thing that you can do. And now God doesn't want it to work out. If you didn't give it your all and you didn't, um, like I find myself whenever I don't give it my all after, like there's room to second guess yourself. There's room to just let your thoughts run wild. Oh, if I just did this or if I just did that. Um, but if I know that I gave every single ounce of my energy to making something work out, um, you're always just more, calm and settled with whatever the outcome is. I'm saying you can be disappointed if it doesn't work out, of course, but sometimes there's a comfort in knowing like, oh, I, I did do everything that I can 
um, I took that extra step. I messaged that extra person to really get the ultimate thing that I want to get or to make it work out, you know? Absolutely. That's a really great point, by the way. Yeah. About at least like knowing that you, you put in the effort and you did whatever you can do to get to that, to, to reach that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Also like I'm saying, even with making music video, with learning a whole new world of everything, like when you're listening to music or you're watching a music video, it seems so simple. Oh, it's just music. Oh, it's, a, it's a three minute song, but so much hours and hours and hours of work is behind every single minute. So whether it be finding a videographer, whether it be editing, finding the the perfect background or the perfect dress for the look or just everything, there's hours behind it. The sound, the mixing of the sound and the tracks and everything. So every little detail counts. And sometimes it feels like the hours are so long behind it, not in a complaining way, just every minute you put into it, it, it does end up being worth it, whether it works out or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. If you had one message to give over to the next generation of women, what would that message be? I would say that it's about the journey and not the, the destination. Someone asked me when I put on, um, somebody told me when I put out my music video, they said, oh my goodness, well, Mazel Tov on this music video is beautiful. I hope this brings more opportunity for you. And she meant it in such a sweet way, which it was such nice, kind words. And, but my immediate thought was, what do you mean? Like, this is the opportunity. The opportunity to make a music video to me was like such a dream come true. And I wasn't thinking about like, let's say the gigs that, that, that it would get me later or just, or, or all that stuff. It was more just like enjoying every step of, of the, the journey and like every single song that I record or like even just being thankful for, for where you're at right now, like every single step is like exciting. Like, oh my gosh, we just recorded another song. Uh, oh my gosh, the audience is getting a little bit bigger. We're reaching more people. Um, each thing is exciting and each step matters. And if you're enjoying the journey to where you're going, then that's amazing because you really have to love what you're doing. So instead of thinking like, oh, like the end, like the final thing, like where you actually want to get to, um, the journey is so much more enjoyable when you just appreciate every step of it. And I'm just really thankful for every single for every single project, for every single song, for every single message, for every single person that's joining me on my, on my musical journey. And it's been, it's been an incredible, incredible ride. And I'm just so thankful for this platform. We're thankful for everybody. And yeah. Yeah. We're thankful for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that means so much. No, it really, really, really means the world. Um, and I would say you keep your eye on the prize, but also enjoy every single step. Right. Because that's what takes the longest time. Right. It takes the longest time. And like, 
if I didn't enjoy the steps, then I would let the stress take over. And then let's say I get to like the goal that let's say I have in mind, right? Whatever it may be, let's say you get, um, you do get to the goal, but you were stressed out the entire time, whether it takes months or years. It, like, I don't know if that would be really so worth it, you know? So just really appreciating every step, enjoying every step is, and just living in the moment. I'm being thankful for every single, every single thing that you do in the journey. So. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Tahila, where can people find you if they want to follow your journey, hear your music? You can find me on Instagram. My username is T-E-E Erlich, um, Tahila Erlich. I guess you can just search Tahila Erlich. Um, and there I share my music, my musical journey, little bits of behind the scenes and just everything music related. And for, for full song downloads, you can find me on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple music, YouTube music, um, and 24 six and music videos are all on YouTube under Tehila Erlach. So Yeah. Love it. And those are all going to be linked in the show notes, by the way. So just check the show notes for um, exact links to Tila's Instagram and music. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so nice to have you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And I love catching up with you. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at DefianceBeautyBN and on our website, DefianceBeauty.com. If there is a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard.